Hello and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Northern Lights Teaching School Hub podcast, where we discuss all areas of classroom teaching, school leadership and professional development for teachers and leaders at every stage of their career, with a range of guests from schools across our region and beyond. I'm your host, John Tate, so let's find out what we've got lined up for you in today's episode. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing how we can enable our school systems and the people within them to flourish. So I'm delighted to say that alongside me on today's show, we have Joe Warner. Joe's Assistant Director of Education with responsibility for school effectiveness for the Church of England Diocese of Newcastle and Durham. She works with primary, secondary and special schools, offering support and challenge to leaders, including governors and staff. Joe is an Ofsted and Science Inspector and started teaching over 35 years ago, working as a head teacher of four schools in the North East. And not only that, but Joe is also a Chair of Governors at a primary school in Sunderland. So a warm welcome to the podcast, Joe. It's great to have you with me today. Thank you for having me, John. It's um, really kind of you to invite me. Brilliant. Right. So let's uh, let's dive into the questions. I've got a few questions here for you. Um, so let's start by looking at what we actually mean by flourishing. So can you give our listeners an understanding of what this really means within an education context? Yes, of course. Um, I, I, flourishing for me is a really... Um, um, for me is a really good word to start with because it's about it's about children thriving it's about children um having life in all its fullness it's about a holistic education for me um so when i was thinking about this what it actually means it's really interesting because um in the reform act in 1988 reform act um the Department of Education talk about it being a physical, intellectual development, um, united with spiritual, moral, social and cultural development. Um, and then I thought about um, our accountability system and I thought about Ofsted and, and they talk about, um, about how our children learn throughout the curriculum. They talk about behaviour and attitudes and personal development. Um, I then also thought about um, what the Church of England says, that Church of England has a um, um, wrote a vision for education in 2016 um, and they talk about life in all its fullness um, and educating for wisdom and knowledge and skills about um, educating so that children could live within a community um, and live well together, give them hope and aspiration um, and and for me, so for me, when I thought about it, it's about, it literally is the whole child. It is about looking at our children um, as unique individuals um, and about seeing exactly what um, what they are good at, what they what they, um, they do flourish in, which areas they flourish in, and actually tapping into that, but also looking at what, what their barriers are as well and whether that's... Um, on a social level, on an emotional level, um, and just getting our children ready to learn. So for me, it's it's really, really broad. And I think one of the things that um, what we want to do is, um, in a, another document from the Church of England, they talk about um, giving children um, a sense of being able to um, to dance and and to and to cry and to sing and to mourn and to be to experience joy and pain and have the resilience to do that. And I think that's as education systems. That's exactly what we should be doing for our children, so they can do that. Um, they can be themselves. Um, as a parent, all I wanted when my my daughter was at school, my daughter had um, has complex special needs. All I wanted for her was for her to be to be happy and to enjoy learning and 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 be herself. And that's what I think flourishing is about. That's fantastic. Thanks for that, John. And listeners won't be able to see because we're obviously just recording the audio, but I'm, I've got a huge smile on my face as a fellow parent to think that actually 
that is exactly what we want for our for our children, isn't it? That are in school, that, that they, it's not just about exam results. It's not just about outcomes. Actually, it's about enjoyment. It's about being able to, you know, pursue who they really are and 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 really express, you know, what you know what they want to do and, and how they want to do it in terms of whether it's dance, whether it's arts, whether it's you know photography, whether it's food, you know, food technology, whether it's writing, whether it's mathematics, science. Ultimately, how can that how can that child become the best version of themselves they can be? And I think what you'd said there was was really really nice. And John, I think as, as, if I stick with being a parent, um, and my daughter's um, visually, she has said complex special needs and she's visually impaired. And um, in July, she got um, a, a proud parent moment. She got a first in a, a fine art degree. Wow. Um, and, and this was because um, school, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to get a bit emotional, but this is because the school that she went to, um, thank you everybody at Archbishop Runcie, her first school, um, actually what they did was they they made sure that she could she could fly in whatever she was doing and they made adaptations for her um, and they gave a joy and, and of course, you know, she she does, She she's a reader, she's a writer, she's not a mathematician, she still hasn't got a GCSE in maths, but she's got a fine art degree because some, they saw some something very special and the newer inside out and and allowed her to, to flourish and that, that that that's beautiful isn't it to actually see again almost that 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 that, that flourishing of a flower almost isn't it is that how, how does that kind of grow spread its wings and become beautiful and I, I think that that's fantastic so yeah i feel very proud for you as well uh, for, thanks. Uh, thank you and, and I think as well, John, one of the things is that that comes from um, from all our schools' um, vision or ethos about, and, you know, we have a lot of schools that talk about exactly what you said about flowers and seeds and about trees and about um, flourishing and thriving and all those things. And and I think it's schools really, in, in our education systems, um, they're living that out. They really do mean that in its broadest sense as well about flourishing. Perfect. Right. So now we've understood what we mean by flourishing. You've given us a great kind of uh, insight and example into that there. I'd like to break it down across potentially three different elements. So how do we get our children, the adults and our schools and our trust to flourish? So perfect segue you've given us in there, I suppose, from your daughter. So let's start with that. Let's start with children. Why is it so important for us to be thinking about how all of our children can flourish and how can our listeners, whether they are classroom teachers or school leaders, start to do that? Okay. So for me the for me the fundamental starting point um and we hear a lot about starting points don't we in our in our um in our educational landscape we, we, you know where are the children's starting points do we know about their endpoints for me it's the most important thing for us to do in schools is to know our children mm-hmm. um we need to know um if we need to if we want them to flourish actually we need to know where they start um do we know what it's like for them at home um do they we know who their family are um, do we have an understanding of their experiences and um, and their lack of experiences as well? Because again, we, we talk a lot in schools about um, about making sure we enrich our curriculum and um, and for some children, I mean, I, I can remember um, we've got schools who are literally in a village or a town on the sea and mm-hmm. some of our children haven't been to the sea and and, that, and that's quite shocking um but it's true um and you're nodding your head because I, I know you know that's true well, as well I, I talked to sean harris from tees valley education just a couple of weeks ago uh, for another episode of the podcast and he was talking we were talking about cultural capital and exactly what you said there they were a school in Redcar, where you know the students had lived less than two miles away from the beach and some of those students hadn't been to the beach and they were talking about the dangers of coastal um you know living in a coastal area and one of the students had said well a coconut might fall on your head 
So again, the that their reference point for for what a coast looks like and the physical nature of the coast and what is or isn't on a coast in the northeast compared to what what it might have been that they've seen on the, on the TV somewhere. So I, I absolutely agree uh, that, 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 that that's really important for us to remember. Yeah, and and we also I think we um you know we're in schools we're about learning aren't we mm-hmm. um and and again as I said earlier flourishing in its broadest sense and and we need to understand what their barriers to learning are um and that's not just for and it should be for our pupils with special education needs and and or disabilities um but it also should be for all our pupils we need to know what the barriers are and actually also know that it isn't just at one given point that actually that changes so that there could be um you know there could be um trauma within a family there could be bereavement there could be um actually it could be something simple that the, the, the best friend has gone away on holiday um whatever it might be we need to be constantly noticing um and and i work with them um, with schools to develop the Thrive approach in schools, which is about removing social and emotional barriers to learning. And we're talking all the time about wondering and imagining and noticing. And I think we call it win. Um, And I think that's what we should do in schools all the time. We should constantly be noticing for those small things um, to make sure that we, we, we get our children in a position where they can learn. And I think, again, I think added to that is um, that I've always said to, um, to be, um, we can teach people to be good educators, to be amazing educators. We have to have really strong relationships with our children. Um, we need to be positive relationships. We need to be role models. We sometimes for our children, we need to be um, that relationship that they don't have at home um, in terms of um, building trust and honesty. Um, and and dare I say love, and I mean it in its broader sense. I don't mean it as a um, as a you know. Um, I mean it as um, setting boundaries and giving structure, um, and 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 caring and letting them know that you're there for them all the time. So I think relationships is key to the work that we do with our children. Um, I think um, an, another thing we need to look at is about um, we need to provide a curriculum which meets all our children's needs um and again i know that's a bit cliched um but we do uh, we've got the national curriculum um but actually it's what else do they need and how can we enrich that and how can we bring that alive for them so they can have academic excellence in all subjects and and again i'm thinking thinking about a a child um i taught when i was ahead um dt's my subject Mm -hmm. and um he um he had a, an EHCP um had um real issues around um literacy and um and communication. He was the best design technologist I have ever come across. He was in year six, Colin. Um and um and actually so our DT curriculum was the thing that he had excellence in. So we need to we need to know and remove those barriers if it's literacy or if it's um or if it's um reading whatever it is we need to work on that so they can access all subjects but we also let, need to let them flourish and shine um without that being a barrier if that makes sense yeah absolutely does and, and i think in kind of summarizing what you said there i think one of the, the things i want to really pick up on as a a really key takeaway for people to make sure that they've understood or to make sure that there's a there's a real how do i do this is that that first thing you said was understanding their barriers you know we can't enable students to flourish unless we know 
where they've come from, what their barriers are, what their struggles might be, uh, or even what what their real interests and what and what, they, how, what their aspirations are. Because actually, it isn't just a one size fits all. You know, actually, we, we need to treat all of our students as individuals. And whether that's from a people premium point of view, whether it's from a young carers point of view, whether it's from a special educational needs point of view, whether it's from a you know whatever, we need to understand that. And then I think you know you then say then once you've got that create those strong relationships once you've understood those individuals as individuals, you know, add, you know, make sure that we're adding love to everything we're doing and make sure really, you know, that, that we're, we're demonstrating that. And then, you know, finally making sure that, you know, that we've got the curriculum that, that, that can really inspire them and that can really kind of open doors for them and can be exciting because I talked to Howell Roberts a couple of weeks ago about botheredness and creating botheredness and engagement in students. How do we bring our curriculum to life? How do we kind of make the mundane exciting? And he talked about storytelling and, and really how do we, you know, get students into that real love for that subject? And 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 and, and as adults, we, we we need to do that. Um, so so go go on, Joe. You're going to say. No, I'm just going to say, and I think I mean you know, and again. Um, if, if we think about our early years um, and, and for secondary colleagues as well, going back to that focus on um, developing effective characteristics for learning. And I think that that is something for me that should be going right the way through our education system and, and about how do we teach our children to to, to behave what's our um and, and again i use this term lightly but the behavior curriculum that's in school what are our role models like what's the hidden curriculum what are this you know that's the corridors what's happening in the corridors um so that our children see this and so that they can can be lifelong learners and and be positive ultimately want them to flourish as members of society don't they whether that's their their local community whether that's uh, the northeast or whether that's um nationally or, or, or globally as well we want them to be able to do that yeah 100% and I think there's there's no good us thinking that we've finished our job by just getting them results whether that's at the end of key stage two key stage three four ultimately if they are not able to utilize those results and outcomes in the real world to then be able to flourish as you say a young adult and then into someone who might want to you know go on to do a career and family etc etc then we haven't really done our job uh, all we've done is just facilitate a system you know and a, and a, and a spreadsheet so moving on then to I said we we're going to look at three different things children adults and schools and trust so let's look at the adults now and let's turn our attention to the adults in the building and I've said there specifically I've used the word adults and not teachers because I'm really passionate about making sure that we're not just talking about the development of teachers here we're talking about everybody from you know front of house reception office site manager you know IT technicians teachers senior leaders uh, kitchen staff every single person that ultimately you know is, is part of our organization so the ability to thrive shouldn't just be seen as something that children do and, and, and it should be for all of those different levels of people that I've mentioned there. So can you talk to us about the importance of flourishing adults in our schools, um, why it's so important and how we can create a culture in our schools so that all of our adults can really flourish? Yeah, I can. Um, there's um, a, a phrase used within the, the Zulu language, which is um, translated into I am because we are. Um, and I think that that for me is if we want our children to, to flourish and we want our children to, to thrive, actually the adults in our organisation do. And I agree with you completely, John, that this is from the moment you step into your organisation, the person who greets you, um, um, the um, how you're um, welcomed into school. Um, it is about the environment. So it is about um, our, our site managers and, and our care takers within our organization um, and also the adults is includes for me it includes the families and the community we serve as well 
Yes. Um, so I think it's really, really important. And, and again, we hear a lot about well-being and, and workload and, and rightly so within school. Um, our adults have all got a job to do um, within that organisation. And I think that um, first and foremost, we need to reckon the same way. All that I've just said about children applies to, to adults as well. We need um, all our staff need recognition um, as individuals and how they play their part as a team. Um, they need to be valued and feel valued and be valued and authentically valued as well. I think that's a, 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 that's a word I use a lot when I'm working in schools. Is it, it's it's okay to um, it, it's okay to do the additional bits and the, the 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 biscuits in the staff room. Please always give biscuits in the staff staff room. But it's about really authentically valuing people and 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 thinking about well-being workloads. So that's about the systems that are in place within our school and the processes to allow them to do their job well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that um, key to that is everybody knowing their roles and responsibilities. So I know this is what I do, and I know how that impacts on my colleagues. Um, and and I think that that shared understanding and that shared vision of what we're about which is educating our children um and so that they can flourish so i think that there's there's absolutely about everybody knowing their part in the team um i think there is about um making sure that 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 adults are 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 steady and regulated and they're ready to do their job in the same way we want our, the barriers for our children. We need to look at that for our staff as well, whether that's um, um, the fact that they haven't got the resources to the job, they haven't got the time, um, any of those things. And I, I live in the real world, so I know how difficult and demanding it is in schools, particularly with, with budgets the way they are currently. But I think it's about doing what we can so we enable our staff to do their job and do it well. Um one of the key things that if you do, I don't know, John, when you're in schools and you, and you do um, staff surveys and and look at issues, one of the things that that, that, that always comes out at whatever degree is about um, communication mm-hmm. um, within schools. And I think that not everybody needs to know everything, but actually making sure that, that you're communicating regularly with staff so they know what the expectations are, um, they know what they need to do, they know about changes, all of those things, um, I think, help staff to flourish. Um, and again, it comes back. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that uh, the things you mentioned there as well, I don't want people listening to this thinking that that's just a head teacher's job. Actually, in because you, you, you talked about teams, didn't you, John? I think that was, again, a, a deliberate kind of, we're not just talking about the whole team. We're talking about potentially the D, the DT department, the English department, you know, the key stage two phase, you know, actually, or, you know, or, or the kitchen team, whatever it is. So yes, there's a job at every single level, but the leadership at all of those levels needs to ensure that the adults under their care, whether it's one department and that might be two or three staff or a whole team, if it's the head teacher and it's, and it's you know, the, the, or, or a trust in terms of the whole kind of team, that all of those things are, are, are taken care of. And clearly there's going to be a bigger job as it gets bigger because the, the clarity of communication across a whole school is sometimes a little bit more complex than it is just in one department. But it shouldn't just be forgotten that actually that's every leader's responsibility to make sure that the, that the people under them have the opportunity to flourish by doing making sure those things are in place, as you mentioned there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think and I think 
I also think that it's about everybody having that. Um, when we talk about in safeguarding, don't we, that it's everybody's responsibility um, and and actually the pieces in the jigsaw. And I think everybody needs to, in, in, in a, in a, for me, in a, a good school, um, in a well-run school, actually, everybody does have a shared responsibility. And it comes back to that ethos and vision, doesn't it, as well? Yeah. I think added to that um, for me and... Um, in Justin Welby um, talked about talks about um, a safe space to disagree well, mm, yes. and I think that that I think that's really important if we want um, adults to flourish. Of that, we're not always going to agree, but actually, we've got a school that that we respect and we um, we value each other, and we will listen. We need to be listening, and, and we'll not always agree, but I think we need to be able to do that. Whether that's in a staff meeting, whether that's in a department meeting, whether it's at a governing body meeting or a, um, a academy council meeting, or whether it's in conversations with parents, um, I think that's what we need to do as well. We need to have voices in school. Absolutely, and I think that creates uh, that culture you talked about, about being respected, about feeling valued, about your opinions, feeling worthwhile as well, rather than just feeling like you are a cog, you know, or a part of the cog in a system. Actually, you you are able to then shape things and 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 use your voice and your experience and experience in the right way. Granted, as you, as you mentioned, in terms of that that safe space, but I think that is really 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 worthwhile. And I think if listeners reflect on when they feel that they've been in an organisation where they have felt listened to and part of you know th- th- those things, granted, you're not suddenly going to be able to say, "Well, I said this. Why isn't it hasn't happened?" But mm-hmm having that that kind of dialogue as opposed to when you've maybe worked in an organization where that hasn't been the case and how you feel and how you feel valued and respected um i think that that's an interesting thing to kind of compare and contrast if if you've been in education long enough where you've been in different circumstances and, and how you felt um so finally then and i think that again this we, we've kind of it's been a a well-planned perfect segue in next we've talked about kind of departments and teams etc cetera, etc cetera, and whole schools so Let's look at the, the whole organisation now. Now, that might be a school or it might be a multi-academy trust. Um, is it as simple as then, as I mentioned, if we get it right for children and adults, that our schools and trusts will just naturally flourish? Or, or are, there any, are there any other factors we need to be thinking about? And, it, and even as I said, if all of our individual teams within a school get it right, will that, will that naturally kind of happen? Does, does that naturally happen by osmosis? Or, or are there anything else that school leaders need to think about? Um. No, it doesn't happen by osmosis in, in, in my experience. Um, I think that um, for, for schools, whether it's individual schools, whether it's um, trusts of schools, um, larger, larger organisations, or larger organisations, I think it always comes back to flourishing for all. Um, so that's why I really liked your question um, um, about how do we how do we get um, everybody to flourish in our systems. So if we keep that at the heart of everything we do in an organisation, and we look at the the community that we're serving, so we we very much need to to centre our work and organisations work within the context that, uh, of our community. Um, and again, whether it's a individual schools local community or the trusts wider wider community um and i think there needs to be a shared vision Uh for that organization that everybody understands and that's not about being able to 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 um 
read a, a big paragraph about what the vision is or it's on your website it needs to be lived and breathed in schools and it needs to be every member of that organization whether it's the um um the staff whether it's the children whether it's the the governors it needs to be lived and breathed so i think that that shared vision or ethos um needs to actually come alive in schools so um and then i think there is it's about having collective strategies to make mm -hmm. sure that everybody flourishes and um, to have those systems and processes in place. Um, I think it's about collaboration. We've already talked about, about teamwork, um, but it's about making sure that our organisations actually provide the resources. And I mean that in its, its broadest sense for everybody to do their job well. And, and I think that that, that also is about um, pooling expertise, sharing expertise. It's about developing staff expertise, um, governor expertise, leaders expertise. Um, it's about how they use train, training. It's about how they collab, collab, collaborate with other schools and organizations, whether they work with universities or work with industry. Um, so I think it's about partnership working as well and organizations understanding that, um, that whatever they do, it's it's about their, their seeing outside their, the walls of their school or the, or the school gates. It's beyond that as well. Great. And, I, and, I, and I, one thing I just want to kind of mention, because it's something that I'd used uh, a, a while ago, and I think it'd be useful for people to, to kind of take away from, is you mentioned there about kind of strap lines need to be kind of more than just on the website. Phrase I've used in the past is it needs to be lived and not laminated. Um, yeah, yeah, good one. Good one. I like that one, John. I'll use yeah. that. Can I pinch that? You, you have that one for free, Joe. That's fine. But, <laughs> it, 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 but it's exactly that, isn't it? It's actually, it doesn't matter if it's on your website. Like every school has something on their website that says we are this or we want to be this. So what? You know, we anybody can do that from a from an office. It's what does that really mean? What can you feel it? Does it what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What are those things that as you, when you walk through your school, you say, yes, I can actually see and feel and, and, and feel this. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that, that's really useful. Um, I, I try to encourage um, when I'm working with them, um, um, with staff in schools and particularly around um, governance and, and leadership. Um, I actually um, ask, ask them to walk back into their schools mm -hmm. um, as a visitor. Yes. As somebody who doesn't know their schools and 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 starting in the entrance hall, um, you know, what are the posters saying? What is the um how are you greeted? Um, what is the environment like? Look at it with a different pair of eyes, um, and and exactly what you say, or or as a new parent coming into school, because is what I did when I was looking for schools yeah. for my daughter, is I wanted to feel it. And and when I chose the school, the first school that my, my daughter went to, um, actually um I'd seen five other schools and I literally walk through the doors and just thought mm, yeah this is right right you're right you need to feel it and it, it yeah lived not laminated i shall take that one away john well that's a, that's a perfect uh practical bit of advice i suppose for any 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 leader middle leader you know phase leader senior leader to have to actually be able to do that in, in you know whether it's the next few days whether it's the next few weeks but actually yeah almost physically walk through that main reception Absolutely. with yeah. a new pair of goggles on you know and actually mm -hmm. look at it from whether you say it's a parent coming in whether it's a, a, a member of staff who might want to work there whether it's a, as, as a child whatever it is what do the walls say to you what does the noise sound you know what, what, what what's that feeling and even even like you know you mentioned or we mentioned before about 
how are you greeted at reception as well? You know, what 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 does that look and feel like? And all of those things, I think that because we're in our building so often, it becomes second nature and it becomes wallpaper to us. But actually put a, put a new pair of goggles on, look through it through a different lens and actually see, can you feel uh, that, that, that culture coming to life? Or is it actually very, very different to what your website says? And actually, then then there's a disconnect, isn't there? And it's kind of well, how do we get from from here to here, or back or back, back to here? I know this sounds really um, well. It might sound quite twee, but actually, are people in the organisation smiling? Do people acknowledge you? Do you we when I was a um, head, we had a the Marriott principal in school where you had to acknowledge children in the corridors, um, and because you know the, they were all valued um and do children speak to you do students speak to you um and you know that's what i still look for when i go into schools the first time i go into is actually what does it um what are the adults what are the children mm-hmm. um, how does it feel how are they speaking how are they um how are they welcoming me into schools as well it's really important Brilliant. Well, we've come to the end of, of our of our discussion, and, it, and what I just want to say is a huge thank you, Drugs. It's been a been a very very heartwarming, actually, kind of chat with you this morning, um, and and very enlightening from a point of view of hopefully for my listeners, what can they do at, at every whether they're a classroom teacher, whether they are a team leader in whatever shape that team is, uh, whether they're a senior leader, and how they can really do this, and how we can really create those cultures that. The reason I've been smiling lots this morning is because it's that kind of culture that that everyone would want to be in. You know, why would you not want to be in a culture and, and an organization that is promoting that for every human being within the organization, whether they are four years old, 44 years old, and anywhere you know, in between and beyond. So, yeah, so thank you so much for this morning. Hopefully listeners have been able to take a lot from that. And, um, yeah, hopefully it's been something that wherever people are listening, whether it's in the car, whether it's out walking the dog, whether they're, you know, cooking tea in the shower, whatever it is, they've been able to really reflect on their 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 organisation, their kind of day-to-day, their, what their experiences are, and hopefully yeah, start to make a bigger difference. So thank you once again. Thank you so much, John. I've really enjoyed our conversation as well. Thanks for listening to the Northern Lights Teacher School Hub podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode where we'll be speaking to some more fantastic guests. But in the meantime, if you want to know more about the support, services and courses that Northern Lights Teacher School Hub offers, head over to northernlights.education and click on the Teaching School Hub tile. Until then, take care.